Hello and welcome to the Industry Leaders Podcast, where we talk to the leaders of some of the most exciting retail and direct brands and learn the real stories behind their success, their challenges and their plans for the future. I'm Sarah Goldboyle and this podcast is brought to you by More2, the marketing science people. On the show with me this week is Marielle Wise, founder of the really beautiful women's fashion brand Wise London. Now, Marielle, it's really brilliant to have you here. And it's especially as I know you're unbelievably busy with the photo shoots and the new store and all that kind of thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, but first things first, how are you doing? Uh, well, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Sarika. Thank you. Um, it is very busy. Um a little bit head in several million places, but um, it's a good place to be busy. So I'm uh, I'm happy for that. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, in a former life, um, Marielle was a documentary maker for the BBC uh, for making the leap into the big bad world of direct-to-consumer uh, fashion when she founded Wise in 2014. Um, Marielle, can you tell me a little bit about the story of the early years of Wise? You know, why did you create the brand and what did you want to achieve with it? Um, well, going back a little bit, I was a documentary maker and I made wildlife programmes. And uh, when I had kids, I couldn't work any any well I could work but it was very hard to uh, with two very young children so I gave up work and one day I about 10 years fast forward 10 years um stay at home mum and I just thought um I need to start doing something and I helped a friend who was making accessories and she said start your own make something what do you want to do and I said well I can never find the perfect cashmere jumper and she said here's a factory and so I made five jumpers um and really, by accident, more than intent, more than intent, it, it it became a business. I mean, slowly but surely. Um, when I say slowly, that was only five years ago. Um, so the early days were really. I mean, it was by accident that I made a business rather than by intent. <laughs> but sometimes the accidents are the best things that happen in life. You know, they just they just transform into something. Yeah, absolutely. And and when you were starting off, you know, when you were doing your first five jumpers, um, who were you designing for? Me. <laughs> for me, a hundred percent, and my friends. And I mean, something that I wanted to wear. It was the gap was particularly for me. So I had a, an idea of what the price point would be and what the design would be. And it just happened that other people identified with that um, who were, you know, similar age to me and similar profile, I guess. And I just didn't realize there were quite a few of those women out there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was completely and utterly selfish, really. Yeah, well, sometimes those are the best things, aren't they? Mm. And do you, like, do you come from a design background? Did you have formal training? N- no. No. And in fact, you know, I'm not the best. of. I can't draw brilliantly, but um, it's interesting because my da- daughter's actually gone into fashion school and she's much better than me. But um, <laughs> but um, interestingly, when I was a child, I made all my own clothes. So um, it taps into that. And I even I, I kind of see things much more in pictures and in color and shape rather than in words. So for me to create is an extension, I think, of my ability to visualize um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I can sew. So I, I understand fabric and, you know, things like that. So all of that has, as the brand has de- developed away from knitwear into other products, has really helped, actually. 
Mm-hmm. And where, like, where do you get your inspiration from? Is it just from people you see down walking down the street, or is it particular? It really is. Yeah, it really is from every day. I think the thing about Wise is that it's about it's it's about real life. So it's about being able to place the clothing into your daily life and for clothing to what you wear to elevate you rather than to wear you. So I always say that to to customers. I say, don't allow something to wear you. You've got to wear it. Mm. And um, and I think that it has to adapt into your lifestyle. And I am I am possibly the laziest dresser known to man. I mean, I honestly, <laughs> I don't like to, I mean, literally throw and go, you know. And so yeah. if something isn't easy and you have to think about it, forget it. And, and, and can you tell me, you know, because you've been doing it now since 2014. So obviously you've gone through a huge amount of change. What, what has been the most surprising or difficult part of the journey? Uh, I think being business minded, you know, because my, my, my natural comfort zone is to be in piles of swatches and colours and things like that. So that's the lovely fun part. And the product is wonderful and it sings. But the actual, like, the structuring of a business and the understanding of how to structure a business when I've never run a business in my life is, um, but actually some of it is common, so much of it is common sense. And um, as long as you apply your, you think about things and you apply some sort of rational thought to it, it it, it somehow in the end makes sense. Um, I mean, I was a firm believer of, for example, of, of, uh, you know, not stockpiling stock and not being vain about it. I mean, if it doesn't sell, get rid of it kind of thing. So that was one of my first thing. I sort of, I almost dislike stock the moment it arrives. It's a terrible thing to say. It's just like, it comes in, I was like, go, go, you know, you have to go. So learning the business aspect and finessing that, I think is, or not finessing it, or just learning it full stop is, um, is 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 key for me yeah and one thing that i think a lot of people listening to this would be interested in is, is how you move the business from a wholesale model to a direct consumer model and um, can you tell me firstly why you decided to do that and then secondly how you did it yeah i mean I, there's not many people going to say this but i think it was a bit thanks to covid that i did it is <laughs> so it's not really a thanks you don't thank covid for much but um Basically, we did a wholesale show the month before, and our business was 60% wholesale. And it was a month before COVID hit. And we actually had a fantastic wholesale show, but then we went back to the office a, few, a couple of weeks, and then the restrictions hit and we had to all work from home. And I just looked at everybody and I said, cancel every order, because I don't know if these shops are gonna, you know, I, re- I realized there and then the, the enormity of the situation we were gonna be in. And I said, we have to cancel it. We have to go and we have to go direct to consumer. Well, I didn't know we had to go direct to consumer. I then went home with a rail of clothes and I picked up my phone and I just literally went onto Instagram and I said to the customer, do you like this? And basically we ditched the whole wholesale and then started this open conversation with the customer. And as soon as I asked her, she then came back and said, well, actually, why don't you do it in blue or pink or whatever and I was like that's a good idea Mm. and so this conversation started and we've never looked back and um we we will never go back to wholesale I I mean never say never but I don't think we will 
Yeah. And because you, you brought it up there and your Instagram lives that you do, because you do them pretty regularly. And I've, I've watched a couple of them. And what I love is that you literally just pick up a dress and put on a cardigan or something and put it over and say, well, what do you think of this? Does this work? Does this not work? And you can really see how, firstly, your, your customers love the product, obviously, that's why they're there. But they also love engaging with you. Because um, it is quite an, un- an unusual thing for a brand to do, to actually say, yeah, I think it's um, it's unusual in that it's demystifying the brand yeah. in a way. Um, and it, 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 you know, it is risky in a way because it, it it's you know it's not particularly glamorous what we do in any way, shape. Well, in fact, it's not glamorous. But I think in a way they like that because they relate to it. So I think the combination of me being in inverted commas normal and using other people because we bring people on as well and they're normal and different shapes and sizes and real people I think that makes it all that more relatable and also you know also it it helps me decide it's it's kind of a really logical way to order because if people like it you know to order a bit more if they don't like it you sort of it it sort of edges to one side and and you think actually we probably shouldn't do that so it's a really it's it's like this huge market research tool at your fingertips and it costs nothing basically yeah yeah it's fantastic and do they often come back and kind of say no do it but that doesn't work for me or something that you kind of thought was surefire and they come back and say no oh we yeah I mean for you know for sure it's not a, a foregone conclusion I mean we have you know we we've over ordered we've you know we've made every single mistake in the book you know so it's not it's not a, 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 a definite calculation but it's an inclination um, but more importantly than that, I think it's absolutely really democratic as well somewhere because you're involving the customer. And, and I think the thing is that many brands think they're above the customer, but you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, the customer is your is your king. And, you know, I, I think she's wonderful. And I think she, and she's really funny as well sometimes. And, <laughs> you know, I'm doing these lives and she makes me she makes me laugh. And, you know, it's great fun. And um I mean, it is a bit amateurish, really, on on a, one level, but on another level, it's fantastic, you know. And yeah. really, really, I've enjoyed. I enjoy it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. No, you can see it, and there's something lovely and human about it. I think, which is what really connects well with people. Um, and it's funny what you what you say about you know how you find your customer funny, and and you know you really genuinely like her because um last week we had we had um Meg Lussman on the podcast. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, she, who's just yeah. become an ED of Ted Baker. And, you know, she says that the first and foremost, the most important thing for a brand to get right is to fall in love with their customer. Yeah. Sometimes I think people can think about it the other way. Oh, I mean, she's 100% right. 100%. I mean, I have so much to learn from her. And actually, I think because of COVID and because of going into lockdown and because of this conversation, I've got so much closer to my customer. And I mean, I can almost see her in my head, mm. you know, and, 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 and there she is. And, I'm, you know, it's just, yeah, it's absolutely you do, absolutely. And she has as much valuable, if not more valuable information than anybody. Um, and, and every message and everything, you know, I might not execute everything that everybody says, but seeps into your into your psyche and, 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 it, and it translates somewhere. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's so symbiotic, the relationship that you're describing. Absolutely. And, you know, without, without her, I would be nowhere. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, can you tell me a little bit about this store that's opening? Because I know you've done a couple of pop-up shops, um, but you've got your first kind of full-time bricks and mortar shop opening in September. Can you tell me about that? 
Yeah, so I mean, we, yeah, so our online is very, very, very busy, which is great. Um, we have only done just little pop-ups, which are sample type things, but we're going to do our first uh, store on Marybone High Street, which we're opening, hopefully, the middle of, <laughs> all being well, middle of September. Um, huge demand for us to have a presence so that they can see our, our product in the flesh. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting, but we've never had a shop. Uh, I've never run a shop, but nothing new for me. Um, so, I mean, it's exciting and terrifying all at the same time. But, you know, we have to, I think it's a natural extension of where we're going, really. Yeah. We have to have a, a presence. Um, and another opportunity for me to meet people. You know, if I could, I, I, you know, if I have time, I'll go in there once a week. I will make time to go in there once a week to go and talk to her. Because actually at the beginning of the business, I did, did sell directly and I met the customer the whole time. And again, hugely valuable, you know. Mm -hmm. And is that the thing you're most looking forward to in the shop being able to actually? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because again, you know, and when the we, women try them on, you just think, oh, I should have done it a bit like this. And the next time I'll do it, I'll do it in that color. Or, you know, I should try a different length or, you know, and I can see a woman when she puts something on, I can see if she's feeling good about herself or not. And that's, you know, I get all these wonderful messages saying, you know, they feel so much better and they found their love again of fashion and all this stuff, because there is a lot of lack of age appropriate fashion or budget appropriate fashion out there, I think, in the right colours and the right styles and all that. But but to see it and then to see her smile and to see her feel so much better about it, that's there's nothing better, actually, in all honesty. Yeah. And it must be amazing. Do you ever see a piece of yours walking down the street? I do. Do you? I do quite a few times. I do, and I love it. I yeah. love it, and I, you know, I love it when I see it. And I feel I, I'm so glad it's being worn mm. you know, more than anything. So, um, I mean, we see it on lots of people on the telly as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic. Fantastic. And what are you? Like, I know you've had an insane year, an insanely busy year. Um, but what are you most proud of having achieved, with Wise? I think I'm really proud of two things really I think I'm proud of the product because I think you know rubbish product rubbish sales you know it's as simple as that so we've got wonderful product I think that's number one and I think number two is how the team are so kind of fond of working together and it's pretty high intensity actually in the office most of the time um, but the energy that it generates in the team is I find that really rewarding and to come in and to see that buzz I love it it's something that you created from nothing and I keep you know pinching myself saying god you know that I've done that um and and it's you know I do find that really exciting as well as obviously the customer and all that that side of things but but personally to create a team is is very fulfilling yeah it must be amazing can you tell me what was your how, what was your your plan for creating that team did it kind of happen naturally <laughs> like most of our business a bit organic I think, yeah it's um you know we're chasing our tail um yeah. you know we're growing at a rate that I never dreamed of and so I think as a result we're literally sort of trying to play catch up some people you know have a structure and a real sort of like plan and some people grow organically and to put it make it up as they go along a little bit and I think I fall into that category <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean if it ain't broke don't fix it and um can you tell me a little bit about your design process because you know when I look at 
at a lot of the products that you have on your website. They're so pretty. They're so elegant. Um, you know, I, I love particularly the um, Nadine dress, uh-huh. which uh, for anyone who's listening hasn't seen it, it's this really elegant um, black midi dress with kind of puff sleeves and a square neckline. And I just, I love it. Um, so, you know, could you talk me through, like, how does that go from, say, the idea in your head to to being there on the website or being on somebody on the street? Um, I think... I think clothes have always really been in my blood so it's not it's really difficult to describe where it comes from it's like it's just as a child I would go into a fabric store and I would literally just rummage through the fabrics and just find something and then I'd find a trim and then I'd find a pattern and then it would all come together and it would just look just different and this I think partly actually my mother's French and my father's English, so I'm definitely influenced by French style and that kind of paired band. But I think it a little bit goes into the English thing of the being a little bit kooky as well. So I think it mixes those two things. I don't know where it comes from. I really don't. It's just in my head I see, you know, it's, I just, I like to sort of see shapes of dresses and then I imagine shapes a different way. And then, I don't know, I just, I see, I see, I love to think about colour and shape and, so hard to know I do look at people in the street all the time uh, but I have noticed actually when I go to France I get I see so much more there I just think that there is really? Uh, I really do I really do yeah I find them so incredibly stylish effortlessly actually yeah it's that real yeah. kind of cool French girl kind of look yeah isn't it? and what, what do you think that is I think it's just they don't try too hard um, I think I think part of fashion is and they look comfortable, you know, and they look they look after themselves as well, I think. But also they know how to marry colour together as well. I think that's, a, you know, they don't overdo things. I think it was Coco Chanel that said, you know, you always take one thing off before you go out the door. Yes. Um, and there's a little bit of that in them, you know. They're just a little tan bag, tan sandals, you know, floral dress and hair nicely done. And that's it. You're mm. done. You're good to, nice sunglasses, good to go. Yeah, maybe a little bit of red lipstick. A little bit of red lipstick, obviously, yeah. yeah. Can't beat it. Um, and, and can you tell me what are you looking forward to in terms of style or, or different products um, for this coming autumn winter? So I think what's happening we're finding is that people are buying their wardrobe, they're building their wardrobe with us. So our natural move is to do outerwear and coats and tailor more tailoring. We've, we dabbled in it and so we're doing a more extensive thing. So it's really completing her wardrobe, I think. And then we'll go, we're slowly going into accessories and stuff like that. But I mean, you have to do these things. The thing is, I don't want to do them too, you know, wrong. I want to try and get them right. So uh, they take a bit of time. Um, but we are doing coats and things like that. So exciting. Exciting. Mm-hmm. And is there a wise men's line coming down? Uh, <laughs> the thing about wise men's, we did a little bit of wise men's work, but basically it's the woman who buys for the man. Right. And men just don't like shopping. So... To be honest with you, I found it, it was lovely and they were great jumpers, but I find it noise that I don't need at the moment. So um, he's taken a bad step for now. That's fair enough. It's all, all about the ladies. Is there anything that you wish, now looking back, that you wish that you had known before you started Wise? Um, I, in a way, I wish that I'd, I mean, well, there's a couple of things. I wish I'd started it younger because I started it at 49, a business, which is late in life because I think I could have achieved even more but then again maybe I wouldn't have tapped into the same market that I'm tapping into now so that I wish I, I wonder about uh plus energy levels of course 
Um, the other thing is I kind of, in a way, I wish I'd stuck with what I did at the beginning, which was direct to consumer, because I've come back to it. But then, you know, maybe, you know, you, you shouldn't really regret anything because you learn. So I don't really regret it. But I, I think what I was doing in the beginning was the right thing. It's just I got the noise came in my head. Um, so, um, but, you know, we're back to a direct conversation. So that's that's good. I think all, you know, if you do not make mistake after mistake after mistake, you're not trying hard enough. So um, we cover the mistake boxes <laughs> the way to do it um and do you think that your vision for wise or your kind of big picture plan for the next five or ten years do you think what, what does that look like um again that comes back to that age thing um i mean i think the brand when you take me away from it has got huge potential because i know who is I know who it's for and there is a forgotten woman and I think she needs to feel elevated and, but you know, she doesn't want cheap and she doesn't want super expensive, but she wants very wearable, very obvious. I think it could go far, definitely. Whether it's with me in it or not, I don't know because of, you know, I'm not, like I say, I'm not a spring chicken. So, but I think the, the vision of it is very, very clear. For me, anyway, I see I see it very clearly. I mean, I'm sure it I'm sure it could do well in 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 other countries, um, but um, who's who's to see? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And would you find it a big emotional wrench for you to step back? Uh, y- yes, I would. Yeah, it's it's you know it's something I care deeply about, and it's something. It's funny because my kids, when I was you know when I was when I finished, you know, working at the BBC and then, and I was taking time out and they were like, what do you do, mum? And now they're like, mum, you're never available. So it's like, I've gone, I've gone from one sort of, like, so it's quite funny. So, so, you know, I guess in a way now I've showed them, I've proved to them, I can, you know, that you can achieve things in life if you, if you try. Um, so I would definitely miss it. I would definitely miss it. But, but, you know, I think I always have an eye on it. So yeah yeah sure and if you were to speak to somebody who wants to do something like this who wants to set up their brand whether it's fashion or something else what would you advise them to do what would be the most valuable thing you could tell them I think one of the valuable things is to have a clear idea of who it is that you want to sell to I think unless you know who it's for if it's for you and your friends that's that's good enough you know but I think having knowing who it's for then you have a picture of the person in your head that that really helps if you don't know who it's for then then what how do you know what to make um I think knowing that it was for me and lots of my friends and you know it was interesting because one of my friends right at the beginning said to me you should also this is another thing she said was you should do blog you know should be a blogger because you've always you know you always wear nice things and da, 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 da. and actually there's a touch of that in what I'm doing um because it's just what I'm wearing basically as well as you know making nice clothes I'm wearing them as well so so I think having a vision of who you want to appeal to makes it easier yeah definitely and I suppose a kind of a final question before we kind of wrap up um is there any product that stands out to you that you've made you've created that you say that was my favorite and and why why does it stay with you 
goodness me. Um, well, actually, um, we're just reissuing a jumper, and we just fitted it just a few minutes ago, actually. And it's a jumper that I made, and it's like a got a little cashmere jumper with lurex thread around it, and it's like a sweatshirt. It was named after my daughter, and it was the first jumper we did. And it was became very successful. And we've sort of not had it for a, for a few years and we're bringing it back. So I guess in that respect, it's kind of got sentimental value because it was called jumper number three. Because <laughs> <laughs> out of my five jumpers. So jumper number three is coming back. <laughs> it's the return of number three. Yeah, that sounds special. The return of jumper number three, yeah. yeah. I guess it's sentimental reasons, that one. Yeah, yeah. lovely. No, that sounds really yeah. special. Listen, Maria, thank you so much. Um, it's a really, pleasure, great so. to chat to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you for your time. <laughs> And um, yeah, and as in best of luck with the new store, I can't wait to, to pop in and see it. I'm sure it'll be beautiful. Fingers crossed. Yeah, come and see us. Fingers crossed. That was Marielle Wise, founder of Wise London. I hope you enjoyed listening to Marielle's story. It's a brilliant example of a brand that's created the right product for the right customer. And most importantly of all, of a business that really listens to what the customer has to say for herself. That's it from me for now. You can catch up on all previous episodes of the Industry Leaders podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your usual podcast provider. Until next time, take care and bye-bye.